many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms The maids come around too much Parents ain't around enough Too many joy rides in daddy's Jaguar Too many white lies and white lines Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends Start my day Paladino. I'm here with the premiere episode, premiere meaning it is the best and also the first episode of my podcast entitled No Snare in My Headphones with Jordan Paladino. I'm going to start off by talking about a little bit of music I've been listening to recently because, you know, it's me and I like to listen to music. Recently I've been listening to Frank Ocean's album Channel Orange, which was my pick for 2012 album of the year. I had not listened to it for a while but I was wearing an American flag bandana recently, which is what Frank Ocean was wearing for his promotional stuff for the album. And I wore it at a music festival. I met a girl. We had a wild night. Uh, interpret that however you want, along with those people outside in the street wooing. But so I listened to the album again, and it's one of those records that's better than I remember it being, in that every single song still, there's, there's, a, 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 there's a chunk of meaning to it for me still. So if you've not listened to Frank Ocean's record, Channel Orange, I highly recommend it. My 2012 album of the year, and it still holds up today. My guest for this premiere, first and best episode, is band leader of Them the Band, the house band on the Ed Foreman show, J.P. Downer. J.P. What's up, what's up? I had no idea this was the first episode. I feel honored. Well, and I also felt guilty that I hadn't listened to any episodes of yours yet, but now I don't have to feel that way. I mean, you spend enough time around me that pretty much everything I do is an episode. Like, you would have probably told me if you... Yeah, I was going to say. Everything that I would have said in an episode, I'm sure you've already heard at this point. Because JP knows it's hard for me to not start doing material, given the, the kind of person I am. You want to talk about your day, I understand. Yeah, exactly. You get it. So, JP, have you listened to Frank Ocean's album just because that was the first thing I mentioned? No, man. Uh, I have not, but after hearing you speak about it with so much... Uh, it's it's a pretty passionate record. Uh, there's a song called Pink Matter that's pretty sexy that I think, you know, I think you and the band could play pretty well. It's definitely an option. So, I've not heard it, but do you listen do you listen to much R&B? Is R&B one of your things? Yeah, but most more classic R&B stuff, you know, Otis Redding, Al Green, stuff like that. But uh, modern stuff I'm into. Uh, we do an Anthony Hamilton tune on the show. I think we're going to do that tonight. Excellent. Uh, and yeah, I'm into it. So, the, the first question I want to ask you, and this is, I think it's interesting to ask you because you're a musician, why do you like what you like? M- meaning that you know, a lot of people know what they like, but I don't think people necessarily know why they like it, which is a totally fine thing because not everybody is as passionate or you know, has been living off music and was on a cruise ship watching Entourage off their music like you, JP. But... Yeah, I think it's an interesting question. I'd like to know what you have to say about why you like what you like. Well, it's weird because it always is changing. Um, <clears throat> so it basically whatever strikes me in the moment is kind of, you know, kind of gets me going. Uh, I really, I, I like funky music um, just because I'm a bass player and uh, ba- uh, funk music usually has uh, interesting bass lines. 
So that's one reason why I kind of skewed the funky because that way I can play cool stuff on my instrument. Did you like funk before you started playing bass? Um, no. Or did that come afterwards? Yes, yeah, yeah, it came afterwards. Not really. I didn't like. I didn't know what I liked before I started playing bass. I liked. You know, well, you know, it was like 1994 or something. So you know, Silverchair or whatever else was coming up, coming around right then. That was what I was into. And then as I started progressing on on the bass and started being able to play a little more intricate stuff, then it kind of naturally flowed in the funk realm. So do you feel like your appreciation for music is at a noticeably higher level now that you are so proficient at bass? It's funny because it actually, at a certain point, like you just get so like overwhelmed with all the music that you stop. You usually, I go through phases where I'll stop listening to music for a while because anytime, the only time I have to listen to music is something that I need to be learning for a certain gig. That's, that's the one kind of thing. So if there's a lot of like demand for me to be learning music, then that's pretty much all I get a chance to listen to. So the thing that I've... This is the thing for me. I'm a rapper, which if you're listening to my podcast, chances are you know me, and if you know me, you damn sure know I'm a rapper. Um, it's hard for me to not be super critical of rap music when I'm listening to it. Like, for example, like Macklemore. I don't like him because he doesn't rhyme at all. If you listen to his stuff, he does not rhyme much. So since I have the ear for rapping, I notice that, and it really bothers me. But it also makes it so people like Nas or Kendrick Lamar or something, I appreciate them more because I can un- I have an insight to the artistry. And so for you, like I don't know, Flea is like the big bass guy. Do you feel like your appreciation or depreciation of artists because of how much you know affects things. Uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely have more perspective on it if you if you know how to... Like, if, I'm not saying I can do the things that Flea can do, but, you know, I know what he's doing to, to do that, so I'm not at, quite as in awe as I, as I was when I first started playing. And there's other guys, like this guy, Victor Wooten, who's probably the most technically proficient bass player that's ever lived, but hard to listen to you know cool to check out and to like be you know amazed that he can do what he can do but it's like i'm not going to groove to that really so so you you're so you want you like to have fun when you listen to music yeah that fun funk the word fun is in fun yeah (laughs) and i just want it to be like like kind of raw i like i usually like kind of raw organic and uh and just truthful you know not trying because you know if you're if you're like, okay, I can play, like, sex tuplets, and so since I can play sex tuplets, and then I'm going to play, like, five of them in a row, and I'm going to modulate through all these. It's like, that's too much thought put into it. Just play what sounds good and what feels good. It was too much thought for me to yeah. just try and <laughs> yeah. do the math of sex tuplets five times, which is, like, 30 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. My times tables game is on point. Um, so, what do you not like? Okay. That's a good question. I, I'm glad you asked that because I'm go. willing to tell you that. Um, I really like a lot of a lot of stuff. If it's done well, I like a lot of different genres. And even, especially lately, I've been listening to like pop radio and stuff, just as like to get a different perspective. Also, I'm playing with a pop artist, and I wanna I wanna know what's going on in that world, and I wanna you know know what could be expected of me as a bass player for that kind of music as well. But uh, I'll tell you right now, like uh, country, the what country's become and what it has been for the last, you know, 20 years or whatever, 30 years. Just like pop country 
I hate. So you don't like Taylor Swift? Uh, n- n- well, see, that's that's what's weird. It's not. I mean, I'm not saying I do, but I. <laughs> it's barely country, right? Oh, it's the stuff I like from Taylor Swift is no country. Yeah. For old men, um, no, it's 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 just pop music. Yeah. Having said, I adore well, it. It's so catchy. It's so catchy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I've been driving around listening to Z100 and things like that, and just and you know half of the music I, I can't stand, but I almost like as like a test, I just like force myself to listen to it. Uh, you know, like what Britney Spears has been doing lately is just absolutely abhorrent, and and before I even liked, I liked the uh, you know I like toxic and circus and that stuff i do i can appreciate it as as good music productions and as catchy songs but the new stuff is just ridiculously bad well i know that she worked with dubstep artist rusco on some of her new stuff maybe that's what it is so is that what you don't so you don't so you're telling me right now you don't like dubstep (laughs) i mean no i i no i don't and i think it's real i think that's one that that's gonna be really apparent it's like when in, in 10 years when you hear a song with one of those breaks in it you're like oh that's from 2013 or 2000 you know whatever you know exactly like what month it was when that when they did that. So it'll be basically like baggy pants, in that if you watch a movie from ten years ago and you see people wearing baggy pants, and, yeah. ugh, no one would can, ever wear that. You can tell when the when the pop and the rock guys like will put like a dubstep break in. You can tell it's like almost like pandering. It's like, oh, this is what's hot right now. We better put it in our music, even though that has nothing to do with what we're about. Well, Taylor Swift did it in one song, and I kind of liked it. Well, and the thing with artists like Taylor Swift, it's like. It's a group of songwriters that write her song. Well, maybe you know, I know that she's written her own music and stuff, but you know, to my knowledge, to my knowledge, she wrote. She writes a lot of her country stuff, right. which is the older stuff. But now this more overproduced, yeah. for for lack of a better term, pop music. Yeah. I you know, there's a bunch of guys that have Polish names like eight. Oh yeah, and he's like, oh, I got this sweet new patch on Reason, and now I got to like do this cool thing on it on every tune. I know what Reason is, so I appreciate that <laughs> reference. Um, so you you play music, and do you write music also? I do. I've never I've never like. I'm I'm usually good at when somebody has an idea, uh, helping out with arrangements and like kind of figuring out where it should go at certain points. Nothing that I've really c- come up with uh, has seen the light of day. So which Beatle are you if I'm John, Paul, and George? <laughs> Not Ringo. <laughs> so you're Pete Best. Okay. Um, so. It's interesting to me the thought the the thought process of songwriting as a pair, as compared to song performing. So I you know I listen to a lot of Beyonce because I love pop music. Um, Beyonce writes has a lot of songs written for her by the Dream, who wrote a lot of Britney Spears stuff. Right. And so it's always kind of funny to me to listen to it being like these love songs that are by Beyonce about Jay Z that the Dream wrote. And I know that the Dream and Jay Z are buddies. I mean, like, how can you look your buddy in the eye, yeah. write a love song for him, and then be like, let's go to the club, bro? Yeah. But I mean, that's how you feel about it. So, like, what are your <laughs> thoughts on the the idea of of song writing? Like, do you think it's do you think it's cheap to yeah. have someone write your songs for you? No, because no, because you couldn't have that full package of Beyonce. You can't, you know, looking that good, dancing, singing her ass off, and writing like these really intricate. You know, and super catchy tunes. Having been in a onesie lately, I beg to differ. I think you can be a super sexy. You're the full package. Yeah, I'm the full package. It was a tight onesie. You could see my full package. Um, so, but for me, no, I mean, no, it's not because it's not a. I don't think it's cheap to answer your question because 
you know, those guys that wrote the tune are talented in their own right, and so everybody kind of gets gets to be a part of it. Do you feel like the songwriters should get more credit? I mean, I'm sure they're paid handsomely, I know yeah. that, but at the same time, these guys are writing these songs to these people, and Katy Perry's the one that has a 3D movie. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, but... It's on Netflix now if you want to watch Katy Perry's 3D movie. I'm to rush right home and do that. But, uh, you know, they're... I don't know. They might not... Without somebody to represent the song in that way, then the song might never even see... You know, people might never even hear it in the first place. So, And also, I don't know, me being a bass player, I'm kind of willing to, like, step back and let let the other people shine. So for me, it's like... I'm sure those guys are happy writing songs and then just kind of going off into into the night and cashing their checks, basically. So would you... You wouldn't feel guilty writing a... What if you wrote a song for someone and it became the number one song in America? Let's I'd say you so wrote happy. Blurred Lines. I'd be so happy. You'd be happy with Robin Thicke getting all the credit and the naked women? Fuck yeah. You'd be okay with that? Of course. So it's not about the money for you. Yeah, you get the money. But I mean, like you don't get oh, you don't get crazy yeah you don't get the yeah, crazy whatever money. man. I never I've never planned on being like a front man slash artist. I want to be able to like play bass and spoken make a by a true non rapper. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I have no desire for that. I just want to be the bass player. So that's that's a, that's a fair thing because Paul McCartney's a bass player and he's not that popular. <laughs> um, so what are your thoughts on covers then? Because well, obviously I'll, we do a lot of them here on the show. So. I'll tell you so this is my this is my stance on covers. And it's 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 a bit of a controversial stance. It sometimes bothers me when when a cover gets to be more famous than the original song. I dig it. You know, for example, Bob Dylan, one of my favorite artists, All Along the Watchtower is a Bob Dylan song. Yeah. But more people know it as a Jimi Hendrix song. Yeah. But that's one that I kinda let go because Jimi Hendrix's version of the song is so good. Yeah, it's way better. But so, like, do you? What are your like as far as uh, parceling out of, of credit for songs in that regard? Like, do you think it's? Do you think like in the every time Jimi Hendrix's song is played, some there should be some sort of notoriety given at to Bob Dylan? I think there is. I mean, well, I think most people know that's a Bob Dylan song, and if they don't, then you just kind of go, you know, oh, <laughs> you think it's Jimi Hendrix song or whatever. What's well, one of those us music we can laugh at? Plus, like, it. Bob Dylan's fine. You know, he's got all the notoriety he needs. Way more, th- as far as I'm concerned, than he deserves. But Do you have any favorite covers? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I can't listen to it anymore, but uh, one th- one of my favorite bands is Cake. And they're Do one you of see the- my long jacket over there? <laughs> Very nice. They're, they're one of those bands where people be like they just kind of laugh and they say oh the yeah the one band that does this but like if you haven't listened to all their music like, you have no idea what what kind of stuff they get down on but they did that song I Will Survive which I, like I said I can't let's do it now but when I was that age and it came out it was like oh this is that's and it had a cool bass line so I stepped first you know picking on bass right away trying to pick out the line me and my buddies jamming on it and stuff like that is that the first song you played no. Uh, the first song I ever played was uh, Day I Tried to Live by Soundgarden and it was uh, this dude Milo Dilger who uh, I was on the phone with and I had this bass that I had borrowed <laughs> and he's like so take you put your finger on the 12th fret of the E string onto the phone but dee 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 and then lift it up and bleh, you know you like work it out so that and I played it like real shittily I'm sure like not even right at all but it's funny because 
it's a song, a song that I still play sometimes with them, the band downstairs here. And I was going to say, I've heard you guys do Soundgarden. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you do Black Hole Sun, right? We do, yeah. you got to start doing Audio Slave, man. You think so? No. <laughs> but I like Rage Against the Machine a lot. Oh no, man. I, I bumped that, okay, that album came out... Uh, Right when I was living, when I first moved to LA, and I had a little pickup truck, and I got the CD and I, I dubbed it onto a tape, and I popped that in, and I rocked that shit all the time driving around LA in my little truck. So I definitely listened to that a lot, and that's a that was a good album because like five or six of the songs became singles like on the radio. Well, I know, I know. I mean, I actually saw Rage Against the Machine that's when I, I Rage Against the Machine. I saw in. 1999, 1998 and 1999, in L.A., they opened for U2 at the L.A. Coliseum, and so I was eight, nine years old, my mother and my father, is going to a U2 show in L.A., and so I'm going to see U2, and the first band I see is Rage Against the Machine, which I, if you have never heard Rage Against the Machine, oh you should listen to them, but don't be... A nine-year-old expecting to be seeing you 2 in a place they've never been before, seeing Rage Against the Machine for the first time. Because they scared me so much. That's so funny. I, I literally that. had... I, I remember saying to my parents, why do they keep saying the F word? Because <laughs> I was... You know, I didn't know it's words or words. And, you know, I said, oh man, you can't say the F word. And so it was really loud and it scared me. So my parents had to take me outside like the the you know the concession stands and stuff so I could be away from all the scary That's stuff. Really funny. And then I saw you two. Great yeah. band alive. I don't know if you right. I've never seen them in I mean they're fine. I have no I I go I don't go either way on them really. There's uh I mean they they have like they have their big songs and they're fun to see live if you have the if you have the chance. But yeah. I mean if you I'm yeah, not going to hate yeah. on them. They're like you know they're a huge band and they've been around forever and they've obviously done something right so I know one band you're not a fan of What's is that? Bon Jovi oh yeah okay yeah all that butt rock I, didn't, I can't butt rock yeah. for the people out there that don't know <laughs> what is butt rock butt rock is anything that's just like you know I'm a cowboy that's pretty anything butt rock that, it, journey okay and some people know that I have like a clause as a bass player I'm willing to do almost anything the one thing I won't play is don't stop believing. I think it's the most fucked out song ever. And every time it comes on at like karaoke or at a bar or something, everybody immediately cheers. And it's like you don't like that song. Why? Why are you cheering? Well, it, it it's like do it's they like it? Do they like it ironically? Because like oh we're we're off. funny drunk white people. See that pisses me. I liking songs ironically pisses me off. I don't think that it's funny to like listen to a song that you don't like. I don't think that. One other thing that's come up around here is I don't think that bad singing is oh. can be. I don't think it can be funny. Period. I think that if you're gonna sing, that's something, half of our show, JP. If you're gonna, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, I mean, it has been funny, but but for the most part, if you're gonna try to sing something funny, you have to have a good voice to do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Weird Al is funnier than you know some hobo on oh, the corner. A thousand, and yeah, Tenacious D is hilarious because Jack Black sings funny shit, but he had a great voice. Never actually got into Tenacious D. Although I used to call my penis the dick of destiny. <laughs> it's not true, I made that up. Um, so so what would you what if somebody really wanted you to play Don't Stop Believing? I don't do it. It's and it's almost just like it's just like funny. And like one time uh, I was doing a gig with some guys and I got an email like 
four days before the show or whatever, saying, oh, we have this singer coming in that's going to sit in, and we're going to do this song, whatever, and Don't Stop Believing. And I wrote back, and it was like, you know, they wanted to do, like, uh, you know, sit in, the, sit in the dock of the bay or something like that. I wrote back, I was like, sit in the dock of the bay sounds good. Uh, just so you guys know, I don't play Don't Stop Believing, so everything else looks great. See you guys on Saturday. And what was the, what was the response they, to that? They wrote back, like, haha, it's funny, we'll just, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, but actually in the first email I wrote, I don't play Don't Stop Believing. And then I wrote, I'm not joking in one sentence, like, after that. Which probably then, made them think you were joking. Yeah, and then they wrote back, and they they, they were kind of like, I kind of feel like you're really not joking. And I'm like, yeah, it's not nothing personal, but I just don't play that song. I don't think anybody should. And so so do you still play with these people? Oh, yeah. So they're they're totally cool. You not playing, don't stop believing. That particular, okay. If there was a gig where I was making several hundred dollars or something, I probably would do it. Okay. But. You have a, you have a, you ha- you can be bought. I can be bought, of course. Oh, okay. I mean, you we gotta all be, can. You we gotta be a can. fucking idiot if you're not gonna be bought. But, uh, <laughs> but for the most part, for any like regular gig or whatever, you know, if I'm, you know, in that particular band, it was like I actually took the night off here so I could go do that gig. So it's not like I'm really, you know, I, if I wouldn't have been working there, I would have been working here. So, you know, what I mean, so it's just like, you know, if you want me to come and and get a sub for this gig and come over and play your gig because you can't because bass players are in demand and then that particular gig was like. Do you want me to come play? I'm not playing that song. Well, also... Because I, the, you want to know the main reason? Yes. I don't know how to play it, and I, can, I can't listen to it to learn oh, it. Oh, okay. That's fair. I can't do that. That's totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you you went to school at MI, uh, yeah. Musicians yeah. Institute, mm-hmm. in uh, Los Angeles, California, and so you you play bass, so you're, you, you've played with a lot of different bands then. Yeah. What do you do if you're playing with a band you don't necessarily enjoy playing with? Or they like really want maybe not "Don't Stop Believing," but if I could name any other Journey song, I'd mention them. But yeah. I can't name any of their songs. Uh, I would, I would just, t- I would try to talk anybody out of playing any of that shit. So, what are songs you play and if, now? And if it was like, if, if it was like, oh well, we're a band that we do a lot of '80s, we do a lot of '80s rock. I it's just count me out. I cannot. I can't hang. You can't hang with with people that play slow ride. No. Take it easy, JP. Oh, <laughs> rimshot. Um, so, are there songs you're playing now that you don't like playing? Um, that's I won't tell Matt and Tony. No, no, no. And, you know, in the show, Maybe if, if we don't like, a, if we end up not really like playing a song, we just throw it out. It's no big deal. We got like fifty tunes or something at any point in time, so that's not a big deal. But, <clears throat> but uh, you know, there's definitely tunes you get sick of, and there's songs there's. One weird song for me is like one song that I don't really want to hear anywhere, but I love to play is "Ain't No Sunshine" by Bill Withers. Uh, I don't really necessarily want to see a band play that, and I don't want to listen to it if it comes on shuffle on my iPod. But I like to play it for some reason. It's fun. What about watching live videos of Reggie Watts doing it? <laughs> That's great. Okay. I like that too. Anything he does is great. You know, when I lived in New York, I used to see him at this restaurant called Sweetwater in Williamsburg mm-hmm. all the time. And it's like, I think that's Reggie Watts. It might not be. Like, who else yeah, exactly. looks like this? <laughs> who else wears one of these sweaters sweater and has and that hair? Yeah. Then he's no, like, then he's like, should I go talk to him? I was like, yeah, why not? What's what's he gonna do? He's not gonna like throw his food at you. He's like, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. So then what I did is I went over to him and I go, uh, excuse me, Mr. Watts, I'm a fan of your music and your comedy. My friend over there, and I pointed at him. He's too shy to say hi. 
would you point and laugh at him? <laughs> and so he, uh, he put his hand over his mouth and kind of went, <laughs> and pointed and laughed at him. So it's one of those, like, I gave that's my good. friend that story. Totally. And that's a nice, I mean, that's, like, interesting interaction for him to have, too, not just, like, the normal bullshit. Yeah. Have you, have you ever had, like, a moment where you were too shy to talk to a yeah. musician? Yeah, I don't, I try to just not. I mean, well, musicians are different, you know, because, I don't know, that the it's just too kind of hard to resist. But, like... One of my friends was playing with Tom Morello, and I went back. I went backstage, and can I get a can I get a picture with? And I got a picture with him and all nice. that stuff. You know, it's like at a certain point, it's like you're Tom Morello. I'm just like some guy. Like you know, it, normally I like to just try to like you know, kind of act like I'm. I'm one. I'm also a musician, but this is a guy from Rage. And, yeah, it's, audio slave. I mean, yeah, there we go. <laughs> it all comes back to audio slave. No, I agree. The the idea of like act like you've been there before. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, we're musicians, and it usually the only time. I mean. When I go and see people, yeah, if, if I do meet somebody, like, Alan Stone is a guy, he's an R&B guy, a modern R&B guy, who's fucking great, man, he's really good, and I saw him at the Wonder Ballroom, and it just so happened when I was leaving, he was coming around the side, and I got to say, hey, man, great show, and then I just, like, and he's like, thanks, and I just walked away, I'm not gonna, like, sit there, and, you know, oh, man, you're so great, I last watched your video a million times, and, you know, but, <clears throat> I have. Do you think it would be easier to say to somebody you don't, whose music you're not as into? Like, I can imagine you'd have no problem talking to Rihanna. Uh, like, you, well, I bet you you'd say I anything even, to Rihanna. I wouldn't even bother. What do we have? But what if I gave you some really funny stuff to say to Rihanna? <laughs> That'd be fine. Yeah. So yeah, see, that's I'm I'm too I attracted like, I would to ask Rihanna. Her, I'd be like, so do you really think like? Uh-oh. Do you really think like uh, right now is all we have and? Uh, the night is ours, and we're young, and we're hot, and we're get, taking it back, and we're taking back the night, because that's what all our songs are about. That's what, like, every song's about. Well, I was going to say, that's pretty much most <laughs> most pop songs. There's this whole, like, really phony air of, oh, yeah. of like, self-righteousness. We don't give a shit. Oh, yeah. We're, like, young. We're party. We party. We're the, the night is, like, warm and hot, and, like, we're hot. We're hot, yeah. yeah. We're <laughs> as hot as the night. yeah. yeah. We're, we should write a song right now. Called "Where Is Hot Is the Night." I that's think that's not already a song. I'd Google it. If it I'm sure, I'm sure it is a song. <laughs> "Where Is Hot Is the Night." "Where Is Hot Is the Night." Well, the thing that I also and twice as long. Well, the night the night's only eight hours, and combined we're sixteen hours. So that's that's what we bring to the table. So there's, for me with with pop songs, one thing I don't like about it is how non-specific things in pop music are, yeah. and it's it, so. Funny. So mean that you know it's so you can hear a song and you're like oh my god this you know this Selena Gomez song I could be the guy she's singing about I know I'm not the guy she's singing about but I could be the guy because she doesn't specifically say like not you schlubby beard glasses guy she's like you look so good with your smile it's like yeah. I've been complimented on my smile. <laughs> Selena Gomez might be saying, "If I'm ready, I can come and get it." That's which a is a pretty rapey thing for yeah, her to be saying, <laughs> totally. which is like kind of creepy. That's one of those songs where I have no business as a 30 year old man to be loving. But man, when that song comes on, I crank it's so it up. catchy. I crank it up. Well, <laughs> I, that's a, I think there is there's an over sexualization in pop music that does bother me. Like Rihanna, that rude boy. It makes me kind of uncomfortable. Like, are you big enough? Can you get it up? It's like, that makes me uncomfortable. Why are people listening to, like... And I don't get that uncomfortable often, but that makes me feel kind of weird. Yeah. And, you know, music that's supposed to make you uncomfortable. Unless it's modern-day pop music, and then it empowers you because, you know, we're as hot as the night. So, um, 
that's I think we've 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 touched on modern music. Let's talk about classic stuff. What are some classic albums? What are your what are your top albums? Cool. Uh, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder, Music of My Mind is one that I love. It's kind of like a lesser known one, but I just I love every tune on it. Uh, <clears throat> you like it more than Songs in the Key of Life? Yeah. The thing I like about Songs in the Key of Life is it makes me feel like I'm listening to my favorite rap songs. Yeah, because of all the samples. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. For sure. But yeah, then it also is kind of weird to hear Yeah, it's cool. There. You know, that one's like, you know, it's a double album. There's lots of there's lots of great stuff on it. There's a couple of kind of like filler or whatever. Do tunes. you know what the key of life is? Is it B major? <laughs> Definitely. I don't think so. That would be a weird one. It, it's probably C major because yeah. as a guy that's made like eight rap beats before, it's uh, like, I'm not bothered with these black keys. No, and everyone's no, like, no, oh, no. So it's in C major. And I go, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And he goes, if you're not doing any black keys, it's all white keys, <laughs> it's C major. Or A so, minor. Uh, no, no bass clefs from me, bro. This is, all right. I don't know if that's a bass clef <laughs> no. thing, but I, I try it's to. A act... rel- it's a relative minor thing. One of my relatives is a minor, and I keep away from her, so I'm keeping away from that. Um, so we know you like Stevie Wonder's music on my mind. What uh, are some other things you like? Uh, You'd mentioned funk. So. Okay, uh, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Okay, funk. Jeff Beck, blow by blow. Blow by blow. Yeah, and uh, okay. Remember BMG Music Company when you get like. 10 CDs for a penny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I did that Oh. when I lived in my first apartment, and that was one of the albums I got because I was looking through the catalog. There's a hot catalog. girl on the cover. No. <clears throat> no, it's Jeff Beck with super tight pants. It's like, oh, yeah. Kind and of a hot girl on the cover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it said, it said in the description on the BMG Music Company, Music Club thing that it was the first funk rock album ever. So I was like, sign me up. And, man, I still listen to it all the time. It's so good. Do you know what year it came out? 1972, I think. So Parliament wasn't it could have been doing all their weird between. stuff before that? Funk rock, like, I don't know. Funk I mean, rock. Yeah. I would, I'd like to hear punk rock mixed with funk rock. That would be mixed like with early chili rock. peppers, yeah. Uh, you, you guys like the chili peppers. You play a lot of, of chili course. peppers. Are they, are they in your, yeah. your top? Yeah, oh yeah, the, uh, okay, uh, Ooh. Yeah, that's where you had. Uh, that's say, given my favorite band, Shine. Yeah, these are my favorite. Those are my favorite albums. Okay, Computer, but uh, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic is top five, whatever. Okay. Just because it's just so good. John Frusciante is so on point on everything. Uh, if you've ever seen the documentary Funky Monks, it shows how they rented out this all like mansion and lived in it for however long and recorded the whole album. And so that's that's really cool. Um, and it's just so good, start to finish. And it's just like unbridled. So what about what about Beatles? You gotta have a Beatles album in your top albums. <clears throat> yeah, um, you know I like I like all of it, but I like uh, Abbey Road a lot. I love the medley. We ju- I just listened to the medley yesterday. Like I just had it. I just type it on YouTube. Abbey Road medley. Let that play. So for a little behind the scenes thing, uh, Aaron Ross, who plays Ed Foreman, who's kind of our boss. Yeah. We got other shit going on. We're grown ass men. <laughs> no, he, I call him my boss though. So. Well, I don't call anyone my boss because I'm a independent woman um so we're talking to her saying like we're saying we should make a list you know me aaron jp matt and tony should make a list of our top 25 favorite albums yeah and see if there's one album that's on all of our lists that would be surprising i i was saying i'd be surprised if there was yeah but i know that aaron said abbey road would be in his top 25 it It would not be in mine i'm a rubber soul guy sure in my life is a fantastic song totally great you guys should play that. Okay. Well, I know 
All right. I was, I was expecting <laughs> you to say, I was expecting you to be like, nope, we're not doing that. So I was going to like try and make a point for we're, it. We added four new Beatles songs this week. Which ones? Because, uh, shit. Uh, Ooh. <clears throat> Profanity. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's on the internet, right? Yeah. Uh, um, we're doing uh, Here Comes the Sun, uh, Got to Get You Into My Life. Oh wait, that's got to get you in my life. Uh, a couple more. They're written down somewhere. But right. uh, we're doing we're doing it because we're doing a wedding gig and they want. And you know, usually when we do like a wedding gig, say if there's like four or five songs you want us to learn, and, and we'll learn those. And they just wanted a lot of Beatles, and that's great because that brings our Beatle song count up to like ten or something for the for the show. So well, there is. I know there is one show of ours where the five songs played at the top were all Beatles songs. Yeah. I think you guys might have even done a show where every song was a Beatles song. Yeah, it was that one we did. It was definitely the opening set that we did. We do like a 30-minute set to start the show uh, from 10.30 to 11, and uh, we did one night. We did all Beatles, and that went over really well. People were into it. So are there is there any other bands you'd do a, a whole night of? Oh, no. We just... we Yeah, I would like to, but we don't have enough material for any one band besides the Beatles, probably. To do. Maybe Stevie Wonder is our second closest. We do uh, Jesus Children in America for Once in My Life, uh, a couple other ones, too, so we could probably pull that off. Well, well, I know you guys did your Flaming Lips thing. Yeah, we just let that one kind of... It was cool. We were, like, really excited about it. We did a couple of Flaming Lips songs back-to-back, but once we got in there and did it, it just didn't seem, just didn't seem cool enough, so it wasn't quite... We kind of got to keep the energy up, and it was kind of too chill and too awesome for, for that. Too awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's can for be us. kind of a weird den. Um, yeah. So I'm a big hip hop guy, uh-huh. and when I host the show, yeah, as you you know what my intro song is. Yeah, hard in the paint. Walk a flock of flame. Yeah. Um, I think you guys should do more hip hop songs. Maybe except for I mean I'm down. Uh, there's just not there's usually not melodies like there are in other songs. That's the only problem. So. We can't really, like, Matty Ice can't, like, do, like, a rap on the keys. I don't know. He's pretty talented. He is. That Game of if Thrones anybody, stuff from last night was pretty prolific. <laughs> if anybody can do it, it would be him. But, but yeah, that, you know, so we, we'll do, like, some early 90s R&B boys to men sometimes, and that's got great melodies, great, like, harmony, great chord progressions, really awesome stuff. We, we, we focus on anything that has a cool, you know, funky, the ideal song, kind of upbeat, Really cool melody, a, a couple of hits, you know, that kind of define the song, and and just let it rip. Because we do, uh, it's all instrumental, so whatever the melody is, whatever the, the vocals are, Maddie's playing it on the keys. Do you feel like not having a guitar player limits you to certain songs, or do you feel like it somehow it, expands? It doesn't it? limit it. It doesn't limit us because we just because like we'll play Jeff Beck or or Derek Trucks band or whatever, you know, like Derek Trucks is a. Sounds like a country guy. No, no, no. He's Based a, off the trucks part. Yeah, no, he's a he's like a nasty, nasty slide guitar player, and so we'll do like a Derek Trucks band song, which is funny because it's contingent on the guitar like almost a hundred percent. But we just kind of like do it. We do anything that whatever it whatever it is when it comes out, it sounds like us, and then we just kind of we do our own thing. Have you ever heard of Marco Benevento? Yeah. I saw him at Pickathon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually uh, emceed and introed him. Nice. And when I was seeing him, I was like, "This is a. I think it'd be cool for." you guys to play like that kind of stuff yeah but it, it's thin of it's like it was felt a little synthier right which I mean like when Dave's here on the keys then we do go into that because he'll he'll bring the synth as well that's pretty cool yeah. well I've, I've heard rumors and this is all rumors that maybe we're going to start getting Dave to play guitar a little yeah. more often on the show yeah for sure he's going to because with uh, with our band it's uh, it's 
<clears throat> for the listeners, it's uh, myself on bass, Matt Johnson on keys, Tony Lentz on the drums, and then we also have, and then we do, and we do all these covers for the for the Ed Foreman show, and then uh, if you add Dave Dernosik on guitar, who is super nasty on the guitar, then we become New Solution, which is an original funk instrumental band that we have, and so we can have our whole catalog of originals from that band plus all the the band stuff, and he'll just jump right on on guitar all, all stuff. So it's like. We have like a giant set list immediately. It's pretty great. Interesting fact about Dave, he is an energy trader. Yeah. Which doesn't sound real, but it is. Yeah. So, we've talked about why do you like what you like. We've talked about why do you not like what you don't like. We've talked about live. Uh, we've not talked about live. We've talked about your live performances. Yeah. We've talked about me seeing you 2 and Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. But I want to ask you, what, uh, what are some of the best live shows you've seen? Um... I know you're a big cake guy. Yeah. Oh. I know you live for Dave Matthews. <laughs> Funny. Uh, it's not a joke. Yeah. You're a Dave Matthews band. I do. I, I don't, I wouldn't say I live for him, but I've seen Dave Matthews band more than any other band. I certainly don't die for them. No, no, no. But, I mean, if you, you, it's one of those, I, I, I've never seen Fish, I've never gotten into Fish, I couldn't even hum you one Fish song, but everybody says, you gotta see him live, man, it'll change everything, and it's kind of the same way with because yeah, the Grateful Dead aren't doing shit anymore. Yeah, so it's the same way with Dave Matthews Band. They're such a tight live band, and their drummer and everybody's so sick. And their drummer is is obviously like one of the most nasty drummers ever. And uh, you know, and then they they play at the Gorge, which is a beautiful venue. A lot of my friends go, and I went for five years in a row. And they play three nights in a row, and so you you rack up. Did you go shows. to all three nights? I'd usually go to like two nights a week. A year or whatever, you know. So how many Dave Matthews Band shows have 13. you been to? Wow. Yeah, but they stack up pretty quick when you're doing that. And, I mean, but, you know, the crowd, the, the fans that they get are less than desirable people that you would want to hang out with for a weekend. And just bros. And we, bros? Oh, bro city. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, the bros love Whoa, it. Bro city. Oh, yeah, they call it, they call it Dave. They, it's like, let's go to Dave. Let's, let's go to Dave? Yeah. I and, go to Buster's, so. Yeah. <laughs> and when we went... Uh, uh, my wife Elkie and I were on tour, and we were in uh, South Carolina. And we, uh, her, she, she, she knew the management for Old Crow Medicine Show, which is a bluegrass string band, and they were opening up for a Dave Matthews Band at this like baseball field in South Carolina. So we emailed up the manager and said, "Hey, get some ticks." And we went and we watched song there, and that was like the people that were there for that show. I did not want to be anywhere near. A lot of Kenny Powers type people. No, man. No, I, Eastbound and Down. I love Eastbound. Okay, down. okay. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you but got no. that. Yeah, no, it wasn't those guys. It was, it was like polos and little shorts and little boat shoes, like as far as the eye can see. And everybody just like looked so like uncomfortable and like they didn't know. It's like we're we're supposed to go to a Dave Matthews Band concert if we live in this area and if we look like this, we have to go to a Dave Matthews Band. Concert. I'm I'm not into boat shoes. I don't like boat shoes no. unless you're on a boat. Totally Amen. acceptable Amen. if you're on a boat or if you're. T-Pain yeah. singing about being on a boat yeah. but if you're not on a boat it looks kind of silly it's weird and, yeah and it's like yeah but anyway but yeah best shows I've been to uh, um, you said Cake the last a, a few months ago they play every year at the Doug for for two nights and I went to one of those shows and I was like right up front and you know they play just like three hours or two, or two hours or whatever like straight just them no other opening bands or whatever and they just killed it and they're so good and uh, I love that I've most of the good, most of the best shows I've been to have been the Roseland Theater here. Uh, I saw Mr. Bunghole there; that changed my life. Mr. Bunghole? Yeah, uh, no, definitely not. I'm trying to be funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Mr. Bunghole. Uh, you have to. 
check them out, listen to one of their albums, and then after you get done not understanding it, listen to it like ten more times, and then you'll be hooked. But I, I, I had a buddy that was trying to get me into it, and I just wasn't into it, and then he took me, I went to the show for like seven bucks or something, and it just blew my whole world open, and never was the same after that. I, I loved it. Have you seen Radiohead live? I have. I saw him at The Big Stink. The Big Stink. Which was a 94.7 NRK uh, uh, festival thing they did a few huh. years in a row back in the day. I saw lots of bands there. I saw Cake there. I saw, I mean, uh, Filter, Beck, uh, you know, No Doubt, Everclear, Every Garbage, all those old 90s bands I saw. It stinks that they don't have The Big Stink anymore. It does. That was, because that was that a quality sounds... fest. Do you remember what year you saw Radiohead? Like what album they yeah, were in it was, uh, it, Yeah, it was, it was like 90. 98 or something. So it was like, OK Computer. computer. Yeah. Ooh. It was nasty. Well, when I saw Radiohead, I saw them in 2008 when uh-huh. they were doing all the stuff for In Rainbows. Me and my friend Joseph That'd pooled cool our money too. together, went to five shows, their last five wow. shows of the tour, ended up spending like all of our money, but it was completely worth oh, it. Yeah. Like, the water bottle that I don't know where it is that I always drink out of my Radiohead 2008 tour bottle that I got. <laughs> they're, they're, they're my favorite band to see. Nice. Um, so we're, uh, we're wrapping up here. And since I'm a rapper, that was totally unintentional, by the way. Um, I'm a rapper. I rap. I don't really consider myself a musician, because to me, musicians play instruments. Yeah. But I've had people that are fantastic musicians like, no, I mean, like, what you, you make music. Yeah. You're just as much a musician as a singer. So I'm going to ask, what are your thoughts on rappers being musicians? It just depends. I mean, if you got cool, if you got cool tunes... If you have cool hooks and, and you te- either make yourself or teamed up with a good producer and made sick beats, it's like, you know, it, it, if it's good, then it's, you know, whatever. But I, what I've seen, I don't know, I, I really don't have much of an opinion either way. I've seen guys that claim to be rappers, they show up at a gig or whatever, they don't have their shit together, they don't have how they're going to get their, I mean... How, how they're going to get their music up on the PA. They expect everything to be done for them. They don't know. And then they have no, like, mic technique, and it's just a wash of, like, noise, and their their tracks suck and everything. And then you see guys that are great that have have their shit together. Is that Guys you? like me. Yeah. Guys like me. But, uh, you know, so you, it's, it's case by case for me. Do you have a favorite rapper or a favorite rap album? No, I mean, when I was... Like, you know, I was into the G-Funk era. I was into Nate Dogg and all that stuff. Regulators, Mount Up, all that. R.I.P. Nate Dogg. And, uh, you know, I, and I've, I've kind of cherry-picked a little bit here and there throughout the years, but it's definitely low on my list of priorities of what to, what to listen well, to. Well, here's what we're going to do. You're going to show me some Mr. Bungle. Yeah. I'm going to show you some some rap music. We'll, we'll like, trade mixtapes. Yeah. We'll fall in love, take the bus home, hold hands, all that kind of yeah. all that kind of stuff. So the way we end uh, No Snare in my headphones, Jordan Palladino, is whatever song you most want to hear is going to be our outro uh-huh. for the evening. What song that do you I most hear want to hear? That I want other people to hear. That you want to hear. This is, this is you, baby. This is your episode. <laughs> like one of my go-tos? Whatever song that when you're listening to this at home, it ends. Even, no matter how much okay. we might have sucked, it'll end on this All high right. note. Because can you, can you start it like at the end of the tune when the part is that you can you like right now? Can you put it and it'll start coming in? Yes, right we can do that. Okay, there's a tune fight back on Sea Change called Lonesome Tears. Ooh, I know that song. You know that song, and it's one of the best. And it has this 
long outro that just kind of builds up and the chord changes kind of just like and there's strings and his Scientologist dad like wrote all the string arrangements and they sound great <laughs> and uh, and it just kind of builds up and up and right when you think it's gonna it just keeps going and just gets more and more intense until it just kind of fades out it's just, and I just, I've been it's moved me on many occasions so the show started with Frank Ocean and it ended with Beck JP Downer Tell the uh, tell the listeners where they can see you. Oh yeah, come on down to the Ed Foreman show at Owl's Den. That's at the uh, Minimum's Crystal Hotel in the basement. We're here every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Uh, music starts at 10:30 sharp. JP, thanks for being here. I look forward to seeing you live later tonight. You will. Later tonight. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Signing off.